0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Rain. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Phil. This is likely
1: the last podcast for a little bit.
0: It likely is. Yeah. Because
1: you are having a baby yeah the due date is tomorrow looks like it might be coming a little late because my okay. wife is not contracting and usually labor takes a little bit I actually okay.
2: have a, I have a friend who claims that he was in there for 11 months
0: whoa that's yeah. too long nope super smart Wait, 11 yep. months once labor started <laughs> oh so yeah that, yeah his yeah. mom made him feel so bad the rest <laughs> of his life Well she didn't know how to push. Well, that way, you pop him out and he's already sleeping through the night. Uh, That's true. Already toddling. This makes sense to me. Yeah, Yeah, already
1: done breastfeeding. Walking talking. Yeah. Yeah. Having a pretzel.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Talking. Yeah, just being like, hey, mom, I'm born. Typically having a pretzel, one of the most reliable (laughs) indicators of maturity. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I remember the first time I had a pretzel. That's when I knew I was a man. He's
0: reading at a sixth grade level. Yeah, but is he eating pretzels? No. no. <laughs> I
2: First time I had a pretzel, I missed my mouth. Tried to put I it on my forehead, it. cracked it into pieces, fell on
1: the floor. Cracked your head into pieces? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. that's uh, Those hard pretzels are tough. That explains baldies. why you
0: have like the Harry Potter scar, but shaped like a pretzel. It is right? why I have the yeah. Harry Potter scar. <laughs> and why scar, it burns every like time you
1: walk by a Wetzel's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At the height of the pretzel uh, mall boom, uh, my local mall had five pretzel places.
1: Dang. Auntie oh. Anne's, Wetzel's. Uh, Twist and
2: shout.
0: I never do heard remember, of it. Pretzel when, time, okay, and the low budget pretzel stop. Boo Pretzel stop. <laughs> remember when we as a society collectively discovered soft pretzels? Oh God! First of all, yeah. I still love soft pretzels. D- oh, yeah. Despite a good one, a good one. Not rather not. significant of our portion of our our cultural heritage being attributable to Germany. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you remember uh, when uh, pretzel buns started
1: coming in vogue? Yes, Ooh, that would have been like 2007 ish, 2008 ish. They started showing like up at breweries. We're still in that era too. Ooh, Every good times, <laughs> smart move. Like, hey, these taste good. Put some meat on it.
2: So it's a sports comedy podcast. Ish. <laughs> we often talk about stadium food and sure. other uh, items. Uh, but we have a big show today. We actually, you know, the Kentucky Derby happened over the weekend. Yeah.
0: Yep. Major sports event, major sports event
2: and a huge controversy because the winner maximum security was disqualified. The the second place person then became first. That was country house. Yeah. And so to break it down and kind of give us some insight on, you know, basically what he thinks and how this went down is our racing analyst orb.
1: Yes. Ah, we, the 2013 Kentucky Derby
2: winner. That's yeah, right. He's been yeah. a friend of the podcast for a long time.
1: Yeah, six years ago we premiered him on this podcast. And here we are, famous podcasters now <laughs> from all of Still our delightful comedy. Back
0: one of our earliest guests, right. Orb.
2: Yeah, just trying to you know throw the kid a ball. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely.
2: Uh, Phil, we got a wide world of weird sport? You're goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. But first, Jordan Cinco de Mayo's story. Jordan Cinco de Mayo
0: story,
1: brought to you by unbranded beer. Hey, <laughs> this is all we could get for a Jordan bet. <laughs> Jordan
2: Cinco de Mayo story. I would like to tell this story every Cinco de Mayo for as long as this podcast goes.
1: Oh, we should. Have we hung up the stockings with care, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ready to, to absolutely. Get, get our Cinco
0: story. I'm going to
2: preface by saying this isn't my story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, then this, that's a misnomer. Actually, yeah,
0: the segment's titled Jordan Cinco de Mayo story. Oh, I've
2: completely co-opted. I'm going to tell it as if I was there. Okay. This was actually from our friend Isaiah Hole. Oh! oh told me this story no. back in college. Yeah. So I'm going to tell it as if I was there. Sure. Okay. But really, it's his story. I'm going to be very honest about that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay, I'm Jordan, though.
1: It's and still also, we, we should probably mention, Isaiah Hull is a very famous sports writer now for Wolverine Wire. He is. He's, he's a
0: podcaster, too. His podcast yeah. is more popular than our podcast. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> much,
1: much more popular. Right.
0: Um,
2: uh, basically, it's. Uh, I'm going to set the scene. Comerica Park. Yeah. Early yeah. 2000s. Okay? okay.
0: Actually, mid. let's say mid-2000s. When, when in 2000s, because the quality of the team right. demarcates we'll, rather abruptly at we'll a certain We'll call it point.
2: 2005.
0: Okay, it's so a we're mediocre talking team. tier two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not a terrible team, not a great team. Flirting with 500. Uh, yeah. A mere two years removed from nearly setting the record for losses.
2: This is true. Yeah. And the Tigers kind of followed Mike Illich's playbook for the Red Wings, mm-hmm. which is guess what? Foreign players don't know how bad Detroit is. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yes. And oh, because they went to, you know, Russia. Yep. And they got all these players for the rubbings from Russia. And you guess what? Detroit is a big improvement over Russia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: totally. Okay.
1: And Mother Russia.
0: Yeah. Manufacturing jobs leave you. <laughs> yeah. in, in fairness, that was significantly less true about Venezuela in 2005 than it is now. Well, in any yeah. case,
2: <laughs> basically, the Tigers uh, kind of went out of their way to sign a bunch of very good Latin players. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, from the Dominican, uh, from uh, uh, Venezuela. Yep. Bunch of places, right? And so this team had uh, Pudge Rodriguez. It had Placido Polanco. It had Magli Ordonez. It had Carlos Guillen, my personal favorite. Yep. And uh, so it's early, it's a day game in early May, and I'm watching the game. And you know batters have walk-up music. Yep. And so, because the batters pick their walk-up music, a bunch of the Tigers, because they're Latin, have what you would describe as uh, world music right, in like, your local like, bookstore. Like me
1: and Julio down by the
2: school. No, there. no, yeah. no. More like, no. more like salsa. More like Latin uh, sounding music. Salsa. Like if
0: if you really willfully want to classify certain types of music as normal and certain other types of music as. Weird other stuff, right?
2: Well, world music at your local yeah, bookstore, you right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> world music, but anyway, so, so it's basically Latin music, right? And, and, and it, so uh, basically, Placido Polanco, he's batting second, he comes up to the plate, it plays uh, a song, and uh, they play a Latin tune. And Carlos Guillen, he's batting third, he comes to the plate. It's a different song, it's a similar genre, mm-hmm. and the people in front of me start mumbling uh, about these music choices. And I should note that they 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 they're mumbling in a midwestern ethnocentric but not Midwestern racist way. Okay,
1: yeah. Okay. yeah. And they're, they're basically,
2: they're actually going, you know, wow, there is a lot of Hispanic music.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> what, what is I this? know that type of racism. Wow.
2: I grew up around yeah. a lot of that. What, it's honestly confusion. Right, legitimate right.
0: confusion. Okay, a, a strong desire not to make anyone feel excluded. Right, but also desiring more understanding about why yeah. this is right. An Feeling the need to scenario.
1: talk, even though they shouldn't be bringing it up. But Midwesterners like to point out things that are happening
0: and say it like it's well, interesting. Agreed. It's really not. I think speaking openly about various they were not being negative. No. They, they were not healthy. being negative. also.
1: Joel talks too much, so of course he defended. <laughs> okay.
2: sure. And any or so later, Pudge Rodriguez comes up. Again, another Latin song. You yep. know, Magli comes up. Another song. Similar, dif- different song, but you know, similar I genre, and those you can two tell. Are
0: probably yeah. reversed. When would Pudge have been hitting ahead of Magli? Magli
2: batted fifth sometimes and Pudge batted fourth. Uh, yeah, really? Very early on. This of course flipped yeah, and Pudge went his way down the lineup. Yeah. Anyway, so now they're getting more and more confused, despite the players having very obviously Latino last names. Yeah. Sure. Okay, and they're wondering out loud, why are they playing so much music like this? And again, this goes on for several innings, and every time they're just sort of looking and "What? what is going on here? And then, maybe mid-sixth inning, okay, between innings, so nothing's going on. They've already done the Dunkin' Donuts race. Mm -hmm. Everything's quiet. And one of them just turns to the other and goes, oh, Cinco de Mayo. Right. (laughs) Of course. And the other one just nods like, "Mm, yeah, right. Wow. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah.
1: But in fairness... Cinco de Mayo every day, we're bunched (laughs) around.
2: No, it was like, it was like May 4th or May. It was not May, it was not May 5th, but it was right around that time. But yeah, they did not understand that baseball players picked their own walk-up music.
1: And I also don't believe that they know that the word Cinco means five.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, in their defense, it's not hard to grow up in lots of Michigan without being exposed to a lot of cultures unfamiliar to your basic white Midwesterner are you telling me you've never been to Taco Bob's in Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> well, yeah. Case in point, point. and I think I I may have mentioned previously the coffee shop that I worked at in Lansing for two summers was called <laughs> <Jordan's> <laughs> Why why are we even that. doing this? Why we know this story? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, it's got a
2: racial but racist just, name, but it's it was more... based on the coffee bean. But as they grew as a chain, they changed right. it to they Big had, B's they Coffee. Had to right, change it,
0: but. Just an illustration of uh, uh, how it's it's uh, ignorance.
2: <laughs> Jordan Cinco de Mayo story.
0: Jordan Cinco de Mayo story brought to you by... Unbanded
1: beer. That's all we can get for a Jordan segment. News, news,
0: news on the Sports 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 Podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Pablo Sandoval hits homer, steals base, Pitches scoreless inning in game against Reds. Wait, what? Where are the commas? Where are the commas? Sub-headline, wait, that must be a typo. Stole a base. (laughs) (laughs) Not a base stealer? Yeah, uh, kind of a fat man. Uh, Uh, His nickname, Phil, is Kung Fu Panda. Ouch. Yes, mostly because his body shape... Very similar to the Kung Fu Panda oh, character. No. I will say
2: this though, less agile than the Kung Fu Panda
0: oh, character. Yes. Well, the Kung Fu Givin Panda does Givin flips Givin and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Though everyone. But has all- Kung Fu Panda ever stolen a base? Yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, no one's ever given him the chance. Right. Oh.
0: Uh Kung Fu Panda had quite the game on Monday. Uh, of course, the rest of the team didn't. The Giants lost twelve to four, <laughs> but that only slightly diminishes the incredibly rare result in Sandoval's box score. Uh, The San Francisco Giants uh, third baseman became the first player since 1905 to hit a home run, steal a base, and pitch a scoreless inning in the same game. Uh, Sandoval did so in a 12-4 loss to the Cincinnati Reds. Well, forgive me if I'm wrong. Pitchers don't generally bat, right? It's rare. Right. Uh, But even more rare is when batters pitch. And Pablo Sandoval is a third baseman. Oh. I.e. not a pitcher. That was the joke in the sub-headline, is that the scoreless inning is really the rarity. Right. he's so fat that the stolen base seems like it's it's wilder.
1: Right. Yeah. So you'd say he's not a pitcher. He's more of like a belly itcher.
0: There, there you go. That he's makes sense. got plenty of belly to itch. That makes sense. Interesting uh, side note. The uh, last time it happened, back in 1905, I mean the other time it happened, also a San Francisco Giant and also against the Cincinnati Reds.
2: False a New York Giant.
0: Oh, you are correct. Jordan. Whoa. Excuse me. Oh, Jordan knows Excuse a lot about me. baseball. Cuz it's Christy yeah. Mathewson. It is Christy Mathewson. Oh my who did god. This. Is this a common thing? In no, no. thing? No. <laughs> no. All right, just making sure. I I, I read when, similar when, articles. When Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, when something's happened twice in the history of Major League Baseball, that makes it incredibly rare. Yeah, this is a weird one. Do you know how many times teams have no hit the other team and still lost the game?
1: Zero times.
0: Five times. Oh, that's happened five times. How? Bill. I don't understand.
2: errors and walks.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because
2: they're not hits. Oh,
1: I didn't know errors were not hits.
2: Yeah. If someone commits an error, or like you could walk four batters, that's a
1: run. That's true. Yeah. I buy that. See, of, I know a lot about sports. I've been you know, paying attention, choice, right? Yeah.
0: For the past seven years. <laughs> uh, right. So Sandoval got the stolen base out of the way first, stealing third after reaching an error in the second inning. Uh, and stole third. Stole. I went up third. there. Wow. Did yeah. I, okay. It gets more and more intriguing the further we get. Uh, hit a home run to make it 7-4 to four. Uh, when he did it. It uh, didn't go well after so that. I was going to say,
2: still a ball game at this still point. Still a ball game. 7-4. to
0: four. Only later did they give up five more runs and did the, uh, the uh, manager decide that it was better for them to go ahead and throw in a position player than to continue overtaxing their bullpen. So yes. real quick to explain, Phil,
2: sometimes when a team is losing so badly... Mm. Yeah, and the, like the bullpen pitchers aren't available. They'll just they'll take a player mm. and have them pitch. Yeah, pitcher Wow. Just, yeah, and it's just to save the arm of the pitcher. Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of like yeah. we're not going to win this game. We're not coming. We're down eight runs. We just need we just need to get out of here alive. Yeah. There
0: is no other way to interpret putting in Pablo Sandoval as a pitcher other than we've lost this game. <laughs> but also, many of these <laughs>
2: position players were at one point, as recent as college or high
1: school pitchers. Yeah, because usually the best player is a pitcher.
0: Uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Uh, but of course, anyone from the Red Sox strength and conditioning coach uh, to Pablo Sandoval's belt salesman are likely uh, looking at that box line box score and thinking the same thing: How did Pablo Sandoval steal any base, let alone third? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What kung fu made this possible? Because I think we all envisioned Pablo as being more of a master of hippo style or sloth style rather than rabbit style.
1: I imagine his
2: belt salesman was like, I bet this guy needs a new belt. (laughs) Yeah. He keeps
0: coming in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is he really that big or are you guys fat
0: shaming? No, he's not. that. He's
1: he's large for an athlete.
0: Okay. He also, but he also famous. Bigger or
1: smaller than Joel?
0: Oh, smaller.
2: Uh... In terms of, I would say he's approximately. He's short. That's the other thing. He's, he's short. approximately
0: oh, okay. as fat as I am now, but okay. he's, he's shorter, and he's, and he's al- a pro. athlete He's also a pro athlete. Okay, that's think, fair. Yeah, that's fair. If I were a professional athlete, you should feel free to 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 fat shame me as much as you want. Really? But yeah, I feel terrible. Moving from fat shaming to move to second shaming. <laughs> okay. The battery that allowed this to happen was pitcher Anthony Di Schiafani... And catcher, Kurt Casali. It's Desclafani. Nope. No. Is it really? It's Des- Anthony, Stefani. Anthony
2: Desclafani.
0: <laughs> Anthony <laughs> yeah, Glenn Stefani. Uh, either way, yeah, we should remember that name. Because again, him and catcher, Kurt Casali, are the people who allowed Pablo Sandoval to steal third base. Yeah, that's why you watch the right. runner. Uh, but however, before we're too hard on them... Allow me to correct some of your misconceptions about Pablo Sandoval's ability to run with some hard-hitting stats. Okay. Because this season, Hit me with him. Pablo Sandoval is tearing it up on the base paths. Woo! He is already on pace to exceed his career high for stolen bases by 20%. Uh-oh. Yeah. And in the month of April alone, he has boosted his career stolen base total by 9.1% percent that's astonishing
1: so wait 11 is yeah, this now, a multiple now, of 11 yeah, some
0: people might poo poo this accomplishment by pointing out that his one stolen base this season is his 12th of his career right because
1: uh, if you 9.1 is a it with, goes into yeah, 111 times with uh, all but so that's why all but that. four that's of good. those good. coming i'm um, a math
0: guy prior to 2010 <laughs> yeah Uh, But, you know, and certain others, though, might be uh, keying on Sandoval's scoreless inning pitched as the more remarkable feat. Hmm. Uh, In the bottom of the sixth, uh, the Reds busted the game open by scoring five runs, and that eight-run deficit uh, prompted Boshi to bring on Sandoval. Uh, He pitched a scoreless bottom of the eighth, hit Jose Peraza to lead off, uh, but then retired Josh Van Meter on a lazy fly and induced a double play from Nick Senzel. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. With a well placed 84 mile per hour fastball. I could hit that. No, right. you couldn't. <laughs> uh well, an eighty-four mile per hour for my eighty-four mile per hour fastball had better be well placed. <laughs> yeah. After all, at that speed, even Phil could catch up to that, one. <laughs> Right? <laughs> See? <laughs> I did. The batting cage at 80 miles an hour and I was hitting it regularly. Right? Uh but this does represent what could be the dawn of Sandoval's emergence as a late inning reliever. Ooh. Uh, he actually has made an appearance before. In fact, it was just last year when he got in against the Dodgers uh, in a game in late April. So you're
2: telling me he's kind of like boosted his resume a bit here. Bingo,
0: bingo. Yeah,
2: he's like yeah, he's yeah, got that skill on
0: it now. In addition right. to a 9.1% increase in career <laughs> stolen bases, he has doubled his career innings pitched in the Dang. month of April alone. <laughs> <laughs> Badang.
1: Badang, you guys. Imagine
0: by the end of the season where he could be. Uh, it was fun, Sandoval said after the game, per MLB.com. Tough loss, but whatever I can do to help this team, I want to take that punch and sacrifice anything to help the bullpen. Sacrifice anything? He threw 10 pitches. <laughs> wow. 10 pitches, 7 strikes. That's <laughs> One hit good. batsman. <laughs>
1: and Well, and then, you got to scare you know, him a bit. Let, him, yeah, think, yeah, let exactly. him think like,
0: ooh, kooky Pablo, he might not be able to pitch. Don't let him crowd the plate. That's right. <laughs> Uh so of course, if you had asked me uh prior to last week whether it was more likely for Pablo Sandoval to have gotten a win as a pitcher or stolen a base, I would have said win of course, if you had asked me last week if it was more likely for Pablo Sandoval to take possession of the hope Diamond or steal third, I definitely would have said take possession of the hope Diamond
1: sure uh, well, why doesn't he try to steal the hope Diamond you know I mean, <gasps> new pink Panther movie hey.
2: Joining us now on the podcast is 2013 Kentucky Derby winner and sports, sports, sports racing analyst Orb.
1: Hey, you're making me feel old. Oh, no. That's- 2013, the horse years. The fact that I've been alive for the past six years after winning the Kentucky Derby is a miracle.
0: Right? Yeah,
1: I'm like 180 in horse years. Oh, you yeah. don't look that old. I know. I'm still good looking, huh? You are. Well, That's what all look, the Phillies say. You look like a horse. There we go. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> hey, I knew that joke was coming. Yeah. What an exciting Kentucky Derby this year. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I like I couldn't believe, I was watching it with my family. Yeah, that's a good we reason watched, to watch
2: it. We watched about a half an hour pregame, mm. watched the two minute race, and then we watched like a half an hour of them trying to figure out the winner.
1: Yeah, the racing part was isn't a lot of the Kentucky Derby generally. It's more of like a documentary film festival <laughs> about horses. <laughs> yeah, no that's true. You know, there's yeah. a lot of human my, you interest. You know what pieces. my favorite part of my uh, the Kentucky Derby my year was. What's that? They did a little biography of me. <laughs> My favorite part. The race,
0: they're gonna leave it. The winning, whatever. Yeah, like an Olympic style discussion. What can I say? I
1: like legitimate art. Everything that I'm you, off the horse. I <laughs> like it. You
0: overcame to get exactly, where you are
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The studying afterwards wasn't that bad either. Yeah, you often like, bring up the studying. I got to have sex with a lot of very nice horses and Jisela Bunchen. Right.
0: <laughs> I, I got to say, though, are you at least a little concerned as we enter this new hashtag horse two Moment that some of your past with all these different fillies. Hey, every
1: Philly that I've ever been with was enthusiastically yeah. consensual. Okay, well, I'm a Kentucky Derby winner. Sure, but just
0: the the question of the power dynamic that involves. Oh, no. uh, yeah, enthusiastic Derby consent. You know, yeah. to you. Do you, it's do it's you feel like you no no. that's it's like Kentucky saying
1: George Clooney can't have sex with anyone because there's always going to be a power dynamic? There's women out there who are enthusiastically consenting, and I'm like the George Clooney that's, that's, of the horse world. fair enough,
0: but I've, I've talked to a number of trainers who described described it differently. They said it, it wasn't consensual, and that, in fact, you were... I thought this was an interview. Yeah, you set up not to not to have a, sex with this these is, bears. This
2: was not supposed to be hard-hitting questions. He is our in-house racing analyst.
0: It's just yeah. how do you explain his stud fee in the context of the explanation he's given? I really feel like we should have talked about this off-air. Because you really this should this have, because now I feel... I This is an employee.
1: Is an employee Joel. Yeah, you're the ones that allowed this behavior to happen. HR matters, was off the air. HR masters we have, we have off the air. We have forced
0: arbitration, so we should be fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, talk about the, the Kentucky this Derby. It's not going to be We're a riot. we three game minutes situation. into the interview, <laughs> and I still haven't talked about what I'm here to talk about.
0: Yep, you are. What? Uh, so you're diverting
1: the conversation, Joel. Yeah, sorry about that. All right. This year's Kentucky Derby. A lot of great studs out there you know okay Yep. maximum security should have been the winner right yep yep but apparently they run horses like pussies these days what do you where mean? apparently if you step on somebody else's toes suddenly you're disqualified <laughs> for the for a little oh you you might have dripped my leg a little Oh, I mean, I get disqualified. No, well,
2: hold on. Or as
1: Donald Trump said on his Twitter feed, this only happened because of PC culture. Well,
2: no, I'm I'm going to disagree with you there because I think this is about horse safety. I think it's horse and jockey safety. Oh, horse safety.
1: Yeah. If you're a horse and you're running, you know that there's a fifty percent chance you're on your way to the glue factory.
0: Is it that high? Oh, yeah. If That's you lose, really you're probably disturbing. going to the glue factory. Oh, so you're too. really motivated. When you're you're out really
1: there. motivated. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes a horse might accidentally touch another horse's hoof. Boo hoo! Oh, someone was mean to me at the Kentucky Derby.
0: So it, it does seem like you're a little upset about, like, horse no, snowflakes. Look,
1: look, Maximum Security, he's going to go out to stud, but you know what? No one's going to stud with him because they know he's a little pussy boy now. <laughs> Yeah, that's Wait, right. How, You're is, li- how is
0: he the pussy boy for getting... Oh, no, spotlight?
1: not Max Security, the one that got <laughs> tripped. Max Security, he's going to have lots of stud opportunities. Who's the one that got tripped? Was it Improbable? Was it Mass Defensor? Was it War of Will? I think Was War it of plus- Will, he impeded. He didn't, he didn't trip him, but he impeded. Oh, okay. War of Will's going to go out to stud, but no one's going to want to stud with him because War of Will's a little pussy horse.
2: Now, it really feels like you didn't come on here to give us Analysis. This As is
1: analysis. it feels like this you're just feel- kind of being mean no, very tone no, down for the the no. time that we're they're in. gonna bring a filly in the meet War Will and they're gonna be like, This is this is a very strong racer and you're gonna be able to stud with them and then the mayor is gonna be like Nay. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, right. Nay is in no, or? nay
0: is in no, <laughs> oh, as in parliamentary voting. Nay.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, okay.
0: N a y, not n e i g a. Oh, right. I thought it was yeah. like the, the sound horses make. And then
1: they're gonna say maximum security. This is the one that tripped him. You don't want to stud with him, and they're gonna go yay because they're gonna want to stud with him because they know he's the winner. Well, well
0: you know, mares they want a horse that gives them security. So maximum security. <laughs> <Exactly>. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe maximum security, maybe a
1: little country house with a strong code of honor. (laughs) Right? Those are the top three. Yep. yep. Right? Yep. Well, the top three in my heart. Yeah. Not so much in the standings because they think Tacitus should be in the top three.
2: No, let me ask you now. You've obviously complained about what you perceive as them, you know, being pussies, I guess about
1: pussy. Well, War of Will specifically, R- and the conduct the Kentucky Derby writ Lodge. Okay, so <laughs> if you were to
2: talk about your days in racing, was it a little more physical? Oh, was it a lot it was so more much go?
1: physical. Look, there were look before every race, we would all be inside of the stables. People would be hoofing each other in the back of the head, being like, "You're a pussy. <laughs> You're a pussy, and I'm gonna beat you right." They'd be like looking at other people's jockey and be like, "Oh, I bet he
0: rides you." Not even when they're jockeying, huh? You know oh. I bet they ride you. People have been discussing that sort of thing as stable talk for years. I <laughs> right, think it's, time it's time just stable, stable it talk. No, no, it's no big deal. Doesn't it's stable make it okay. talk. It is a big deal.
1: Yeah, it is a big deal. And then when we're even when we're racing, whenever the cameras weren't looking, because the cameras were not as sophisticated in 2013. <laughs> We give each other little jabs, little jabs with the hoof. Yeah? We're like, back off. Little hoof jab? Back off, right? Every time. I mean, as an appreciation. Sure, we broke I'm... some legs. Sure, some of them became glue. That's part <laughs> of running the Kentucky Derby.
0: That seems like a really high price to pay. Yeah.
1: Have I ever told you about my best friend, High Price to Pay? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we were doing a scrimmage. Okay. Preparing he was going to be a, in the Kentucky Derby. A scrimmage race? A didn't scrimmage I, didn't race. You guys scrimmage. I was racing against High Price to Pay. He's the godfather to one of my many children. We were best friends. We were kinda like Maverick and Goose. I would think oh, that okay. I would, was the Maverick. Well,
0: actually I was the goose. He was the Maverick. He was much faster than me. I think we me. would think that horses wouldn't want anything associated with Godfather in their lives. Well no, it's a very traumatic
1: movie for <laughs> yeah, us horses. Exactly. Yeah. Though the first time I saw that, that was the first time I ever seen a dead horse before. I had nightmares for years. So what happened to to Goose no, or Maverick? We, no, we were running, we were running in the thing, and he was beating me as he always did. And I was just ribbing Give him a little hoof to the back legs. Right. Guy tumbled, 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 tumbled straight into the back of a glue factory. Oh, my God. It was right next to the track, you know, to save on transport costs. (laughs) Well, I mean, that makes sense. Horses cost a lot to move. Landed right in the machine. Bingo, bango, glue immediately.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. What kind? Oh, Elmer is not even a good kind. (laughs) He was going to get eaten. He wasn't going to stick two things together. Maybe you'd have been made into slime. Not 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 the good glue. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. I was hoping like you know, crazy glue or No,
1: like to put together a, a loved a loved urn from a great grandmother. Yeah. Nope. And be- Arts and crafts.
0: Before then the two of you were very attached. Very attached, yeah. But then when that
1: happened, you know what I said? What? Moving on. Wow. Because that's how horses
0: live. That's just how you're brought up. I we guess. live a quarter
1: mile in time like Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious.
0: I got to say... Society's just changed so much since 2013. It really right. has, and and yeah, so everybody's much, become little pussies. So much about Orb just doesn't feel right to me. anymore. what I'll are you honest. talking this about? This whole
2: interview feels a little tone deaf. No,
0: really I'm not tone really, deaf. Really? really oh come on! I'm your horse. <laughs> you
1: know, no, I, I don't. You're no. one of me. <laughs> no. it's like looking into a horse mirror. I don't feel that BoJack way Horseman's one of the most popular comedies on Netflix. Right, I do I not consider myself of, that different. He's a flawed a character. I'm a yeah. flawed character. Say that again. You're a yeah. flawed character. Hey. Joel's a racist. <laughs> That's not true. Well, we've proved that time and again. That's yeah. true.
2: But, well, I mean, a little, but not. Anyway, I mean, thank you very much for your yep, time. Yeah, maximum Arb.
1: security. Big winner. I don't care what they say. And now it's time for another wide world of. Weird
0: sports. That's oh, one sports. not for sports. sports, 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 sports.
1: Wide World of Sports. What do we got this week? This week's Wide World of Sports: Homer at the Bat.
0: Oh, this, 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 this. I had a oh, feeling that Joel calm getting
2: calm down, Joel. I, I, calm I told down.
1: Joel's Joel. actually wearing a shirt. I did not plan this before you even showed up. I told <laughs> Jordan that I'm like I'm surprised I haven't done this one because Joel references it all the time.
0: In, in fairness, I have four of these shirts. And basically 60% of the time, I'm wearing one of them. And because it's an an audio podcast, Joel's wearing a shirt that says Lord Palmerston's on it. Don't don't worry. Later, I'll recreate my favorite Simpsons moment for you.
1: That's fair. So Homer at the Bat is the 17th episode of the Simpsons' third season. It originally aired on Fox Network in the United States on February 20th, 1992. Never forget. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. Oh, They'll never stop the Simpsons. Right. Oh, God, I love that. Was that, like, the 100th episode or something? 138th. Yes. So the the show kept going. Spoiler yeah. alert. Prescient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, the episode follows the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant softball team, led by Homer, having a winning season and making the championship game. But then Mr. Burns makes a large bet that the team will win and brings in nine ringers from the big leagues to ensure his success.
0: I'm starting to laugh just Hearing you describe the plot. Right. (laughs) And it was written by John Swartzvelder, that famous comedy writer. uh, I mean, arguably the best Simpsons writer. And he's he's a big baseball fan. Yeah. He'd have to be. (laughs) It
1: was directed by Jim Reardon. So who were the nine ringers, you may ask?
0: Well. Ooh. Jordan, do you think you can name all of them?
2: I I don't think I can name all of them. I could get uh, Wade Boggs, Ken Griffey Jr., Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry. I'm out.
0: Oh, uh Jose Canseco. Okay. Yep. Steve Sachs, Mike Sosha. Yep. Uh, then considered a ringer. <laughs> yeah. There's one that even <laughs> I remember how that you, you had a position named yet. was. Oh, uh, who's two more? Is Mark McGuire one? No. Um shit. Who are those last oh Roger Clemens? Yes.
1: Uh, the, the last one is one of the few that I actually remembered. Ryan Sandberg. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how am I not remembering this? Oh, uh, 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 Ozzie, Ozzie, Ozzie Smith. Yeah, that's the one. yeah Ozzie Smith.
2: <laughs> you don't need defense and softball. You need right. hitters. <laughs> Poor choice by Mr. Burns.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm amazed that you guys named all of them. That's pretty amazing. So uh, They all played themselves in the episode. So they uh, wasn't anybody doing impressions? Well,
0: well Phil, this is this was a supremely uh, like it's a cavalcade of stars. Yeah, these were literally like probably the nine biggest names in baseball at that time. Uh,
2: and also yes, Terry, Steve Sax, and Mike Social. Less so right.
0: okay, so like at least six. They or were seven just of they the were biggest just, names in baseball. They were yeah.
2: literally yeah. just locals. Yeah. yeah, could have had Barry <laughs> they Bonds. They were both you know? with the Dodgers at the right. time. Okay, fine. Two out
0: of nine, Jordan. <laughs>
1: Uh, also, amazing uh, closing song for the episode, written oh. and sung by Terry Cashman.
0: Though, though it was that...
1: a parody of the Terry Cashman song, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, Terry Cashman also uh, sang and wrote that song. They, just, so. they
0: changed the lyrics to an existing song. Oh, I didn't know that it was that, an existing song. But that, song that existing song thing. was a yeah. Terry Cashman song. Right, yeah. And I, I did not know it was an existing song until, I think, Ken Burns' Baseball like almost a decade later, and I was like, oh, hey, I know this. Yeah. yeah. So the episode is often named
1: amongst the show's best and was the first to beat The Cosby Show in the ratings on its original airing.
0: I would say easily top 10 and arguably number one. This yep. is a
2: really rough
1: episode, guys.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh. So in
1: 2014, showrunner L Jean selected it as one of the five essential episodes in the show's history.
0: Yeah.
1: Makes sense. I'm going to skip over the plot because Only most six people never know the plot. his
0: name. It's it's impressive. That's fair.
1: That's fair. Cultural references. The episode's title is a reference to Ernest Thayer's 1988 baseball poem, Casey at the Bat.
0: Oh, wow, well, I didn't know that. 1888. Sorry, I said
1: 1988. <laughs> uh, that would have been too late. The episode makes several allusions to the film The Natural. Yep. Yep. Homer's secret weapon, his self-created wonder bat, is akin to Roy Hobbs' Wonder Boy, mm-hmm. and both bats are eventually destroyed. Yep. Yep. Just like the natural. The scene featuring the explosion of stadium lights as Homer circles the base paths is taken directly from the film. The end song, "Talking Softball," is a parody of "Talking Baseball" by Terry Cashman, as you talked about. <laughs> Jeff Martin wrote a new version of the song, but Cashman is brought in to sing it. Okay, they got it wrong earlier. Hopefully, that's right. One of them's wrong. <laughs> The scenes of the power plant traveling from city to city by train overlaid with the pennant of the city they're going to is a reference to the 1942 film Pride of the Yankees. I
0: did not know that. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. Uh, Carl uh, batting with a piano leg is a reference to Norm Cash of the Detroit Tigers. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, he once tried to bat with a table leg in a game where Nolan Ryan was extremely overpowering and threw a no-hitter. The, that's uh, hilarious.
2: The umpire says, You come up here with that, I'm I'm gonna have to call you out. And he said, yeah, It's just as
1: well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. He did not care
2: about his job, huh? Well, no, it's just like he knew he was gonna strike out. Uh, Nolan yeah. Ryan was so dominating that day.
1: Yeah, but still, you gotta try, right? No, if Cash- I showed up to work and said, like, I don't think I'm gonna sign any new partnerships today, so I'm just oh, gonna try that's to speak not Phil. He's been taken.
0: Right, it's exactly. a body snatcher. <laughs>
1: Let's let's talk about impact a little bit. So this, this is really interesting. It impacted part.
0: my life very deeply. <laughs> that was the first
1: paragraph of this, but yeah, skipping yeah. past the Joel section, uh, the episode has been credited with helping to save at least two lives. Oh, wow. Yeah, during the scene which Homer chokes on a donut, a poster explaining how the Heimlich maneuver works is on the wall behind him. Remember, he keeps referencing it. In May 1992, never forget, Chris Bentz was able to save his brother's life by performing the Heimlich maneuver on him, having seen it on the episode. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. And on December 2007, 15 years later, Aiden Bateman was able to save his friend Alex Hardy's life by recalling the same. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. They saved two lives with this episode. Yeah. Some might argue that. Hans Heimlich, or whatever his name was, might be right. more, more attributable here, but okay, yeah.
1: Now let's talk about all the people that died because of the episode. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody died because of the episode. Uh, on October 22nd, 2007, Springfield of Dreams, The Legend of Homer Simpson, an hour-long mockumentary about the episode in the style of Ken Burns' baseball... Aired on Fox to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the episode.
0: I haven't seen this. Yeah. I'd love to watch that. Oh my God, I'm dashing home. <laughs> I
1: actually do remember this. Um, it's not as good as the original episode. but uh, you know, Well, I mean, what could be? Right. It's a lot of like, remember how funny this was? It's like, yeah,
0: right. Oh, so it's joke. not
2: like the Behind the Laughter episode?
0: No. It's strong a, one. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's I, the last I, great I believe, one. Yeah, you have always said the last Great Simpsons episode. I agree. I don't know if I disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree. And that brings it on to another wide world of weird sports. So oh, Joel never got to reference his favorite line because this us get through it too fast.
2: Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings a close on the sports. 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 Podcast. Before we go, we're going to bring back Orb the Horse to see if he can behave and give you our contact
1: Nay, nay. All right, I'm here. I didn't mean nay as in no. I was making horsey noises. Okay, yeah. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. Slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. I'm not allowed on Facebook anymore because I was told I was problematic.
0: Mm. (laughs) Hashtag horses too. You
1: can find me on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. I'm perfectly fitting on Twitter. The whole thing's problematic. (laughs) Or you can find all of our podcasts at anchor.fm slash Sports the number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast. I'm going to go see if I can stud with someone in the backyard.
0: Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. So Wade Boggs is at Moe's with Barney and Moe, and they're arguing about the best prime minister uh, in the history of England. Bye, Joel.